Ms. McQuellen? Here. Mr. Hales? Here. Mr. Thomas? Here. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Right. I said aye. I'm in here. Yes. Thank you, Lenny. I got you. Uh, Mr. Chairman, before we start with the items on the agenda, we do have three requests for continuances. The uh, first one is from the continued item, Norfolk Premium Outlets, for the following applications on property generally bounded on the north by Command Corporate Center uh, Park and South Cape Henry Road, to the east by the City of Virginia Beach, and to the south by Lake Wright, and the west by Interstate 64. Those three applications include an amendment to the city's general plan, a zoning text amendment to create the Norfolk Premium Outlets localized alternative sign overlay district, and a change of zoning from OSP, open space preservation, to an I-2 to C-3 retail center and to impose the localized sign overlay district. Second item requesting a continuance is regular item number six, Overbrook Ventures for a change of zoning from R8 to conditional R9 property that uh, is located at 2817 through 2821 Overbrook Avenue. Those two items are requesting to go to the July public hearing, uh, the date of which is July 24th at 2.30 p.m. in the City Council Chambers. Third application, regular item number eight, new singular wireless PCS LLC to amend a previously granted special exception to operate a communication tower on property located at 1311 Bayville is requesting that it be continued until our public hearing in September. Uh, the date of that one is September 25th. So the motion before you is to uh, continue those three items to the dates noted uh, in the uh, public hearings of July 24, 2014 and of September 25th, 2014 at 2.30 p.m. in the City Council Chambers, 11th floor, um, City Hall Building, Civic Center, Norfolk, Virginia. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuellen? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. All right. We will now turn to the regular agenda and starting with item number one, which is a request by the Norfolk Redevelopment and Housing Authority for the following applications on property fronting 250 feet more or less along the eastern line of Church Street, 103 feet more or less along the southern line of East 29th Street, and 103 feet more or less along the northern line of East 28th Street. First application is amendment to the city's future land use map within the general plan, Plan Norfolk 2030, to change from single-family traditional to multifamily corridor. And the second application is a change of zoning from R11 multifamily to R10 and to the Church Street Townhouse Overlay District. And I think that we did receive a letter of support from the Villa Heights Civic League for this particular application. Yes, we did. And I need to note that uh, here to answer questions available to speak if necessary is uh, Mr. Nat McCormick from NRHA. Thanks, Nat, for being here. Mr. Chair, noting this is, that there's no opposition and we've been thoroughly briefed, I call for the question. All right. The uh, motion is to recommend that the general plan map amendment and the changes of zoning be approved. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? 
Aye. And we'll make that recommendation right. to council. Thank you. Looking forward to that project now. The next application before us is by the city of Norfolk for the following applications. Uh, a is a text amendment to amend the following sections of the zoning ordinance, section 2-3 definitions, table 5-A, table of land uses for office and business commerce districts, table 5B, dimensional standards for office and business commerce districts, table 6A, table of land uses for commercial districts, table 7A, table of land uses for industrial districts, table 8A, Table of Land Uses for Downtown Districts, and Table 11-24A, Table of Land Uses for the Riverview Pedestrian Commercial Overlay District. Second application is a change of zoning from 01 Office District to BC1 Business and Commerce Park District on 17.6-acre parcel located at the northwest corner of Interstate 64 and Northampton Boulevard. Property is generally bounded to the south by Northampton Boulevard and Lake Wright, to the west by Lake Wright, and to the north and east by Lake Wright and Interstate 64, premises 6000 Northampton Boulevard. No opposition. None. I do note there is no opposition. All right. The uh, motion is to recommend that the text amendments and the uh, change of zoning be approved. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. All right. Moving to item number three, this is by the City Planning Commission for an amendment to Chapter 42.5 of the Code of Norfolk 1979 entitled Subdivisions to make uh, the submission of a preliminary subdivision plat optional in order to comply with a change in state law. Mr. Chair, noting that there's no opposition and we've been thoroughly briefed, I call for the question. Uh, the motion is to uh, recommend that the amendment to Chapter 42.5 subdivisions of the city code be approved. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. All right. Now we uh, move to item number four, City Planning Commission for a text amendment to the city's zoning ordinance to amend sections 2-3 definitions and 13-2 fences and walls to modify the requirements for fences. Bobby. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, this text amendment is a request to amend the zoning ordinance to allow for, essentially allow fences and walls be located closer to a property line when the property is located on the corner or what's considered a through lot. Uh, recently, this, the planning department has received a uh, number of concerns from citizens uh, wanting to apply a privacy fence or install a privacy fence on these types of properties, and this request is to try to address those in a safe manner. Uh, also with this request, we'll be clarifying some terminology, uh, and we'll also and be able to uh, revise the definition of corner lot to address that the location of the primary entrance of the building can also be considered the front yard of the building, of the lot, so that the fence can be located closer on what they would consider their side yard. And I'll kind of explain that. The existing regulations now for the fences, um, normally on a corner lot on that side yard that's adjacent to the street, the fence would be required to be set back 10 feet normally uh, from the property line. 
on through lots, they're considered, that's when a property is bounded on the front and the rear by a street or a right-of-way. They're normally, uh, typically have what's considered two front yards on both of those streets. Now, if the majority of those street uh, houses face the same street with their driveways and the front door, then we've also considered and there's been a zoning determination to allow for fences and other things to get closer and that not necessarily be considered a front yard when it's their backyard. Okay. Here's a sketch of the, of the existing regulations for corner lots. As you can see, the side yard adjacent to the street, there's a 10-foot setback for, uh, in order for a property owner to install a six-foot privacy fence. Again, this is the amendments are to address six-foot solid or six-foot privacy fences. Anything that's within that 10 feet on that corner side yard or the side yard adjacent to a street, uh, they are permitted to install a six-foot open fence in order to enclose the yard at this time. In the front yard, they are re required to only install a four-foot open fence. And here noted are also the site triangles where if there are any visual obstructions, uh, of course, at this time, the way the rules are written, there are no visual obstructions, no fences are permitted to block that site triangle at this moment. Existing through lots, again, there's a street on both sides, what's considered the front and the rear. Uh, typically, um, if all the residences face in the same direction, so let's say as per this sketch, all of them face the same direction as this house, that rear yard adjacent to a street would allow someone to install a six-foot privacy fence, uh, 10 foot setback from the property line. Anything that's within that setback, they would be permitted to do a six-foot open fence um, in order for them to enclose that rear yard. And this is when 80% of the lots face the same direction in order to not cause any uh, obstructions or um, siting issues when houses face different lots or different uh, streets. Uh, the proposed regulations will allow to have privacy fences located closer to the side and rear yards adjacent to a street. Um, in order to be eligible, how we've crafted this is, is to make sure that this will be a safe situation. The in order for a property to be eligible for it, the speed limit of the road adjacent that abut this property must be less than 30 miles per hour, and each right-of-way or street abutting the property must be two lanes or less. And in order for us to review the, in order for zoning staff to review the safety concerns, there is a survey that must be submitted that also not just includes the improvements on the property, but also improvements in the right-of-way and other driveways that may be in obstructions or concerns. If a property is eligible to have a fence located closer to the, to the street, um, there, are gonna be there are certain conditions that will be applied to these fences. The fence can be no closer than uh, three feet from the property line uh, on this side adjacent to a street. Uh, the area between the fence, that three feet area, and the property line must be landscaped. The finished side of the fence must face out uh, towards the street. Uh, the fence must have a cap. Again, this is only if they want to apply for this closer fence. The fence must have a cap on it that goes the length of the fence. And on corner lots, the, rear, the fence cannot extend past the rearmost portion, portion of the house. So they won't have a solid fence that encapsulates up to the front of the very front of the house. And if an applicant does not want to apply by these standards, they can apply for a special exception to get approval from city council. Bobby? Yes, sir. Uh, define or describe for me a fence cap. Fence cap, I actually have a, uh, an example a little bit further along, Mr. Okay. Uh, Mr. Chairman. Right. Um, let me finish with these regulations right here. for you. Okay. Um, 
Regardless of the approval, whether it's by special exception or administrative approval, the fence will be limited to not being any taller than six feet and also cannot block any site triangles. Okay. Site distance triangles are where we have the ability to, to have a vehicle come out to not um, uh, impact any of uh, cars coming on and oncoming traffic and also pedestrians. So that site distance triangle is very important to, keep, to maintain safety for, for the people, not just the person wanting to enclose their yard with a solid fence. I apologize, I have the incorrect slide up here. Um, the site triangle I have located at the street as if there was no sidewalk there, so I apologize. This actually should be set in. At your, at your uh, spots, I do have the updated um, sketch that shows where it will be measured from the sidewalk. Um, as far as the site triangle in these, in these circumstances, when there is a sidewalk, the, sidewalk uh, the site triangle is measured from the intersection of the sidewalk and the driveway. So it would be measured 10 foot um, back from that intersection, not from the street, not from the actual pavement. Um, that area there, will, they will not be able to put a solid fence in order to allow for people to continue to see as they back out and uh, watch out for the people that are on the sidewalk or any oncoming traffic. Again, as you can see on this side yard adjacent to the street, a six foot open fence would still be permitted. Um, and the six-foot privacy fence or solid fence would have to stop at the rearmost, rearmost corner of the residence. As far as three lots, um, again, I apologize. I have the wrong sketch up here. You have at your stations or at your seats the corrected sketch. Um, this is actually, again, moved back. The 10-foot site triangle is measured from the intersection of the driveway and from the sidewalk, not from the edge of pavement in this circumstance. Um, Anything that's within that site triangle would not be permitted to be solid to provide an obstruction for view for the for vehicle. Um, but again, three foot up to the property line, they'd have to do 50% uh, open fence, but three foot setback, they could do a solid fence uh, based on these regulations. And again, this situation, the majority of the houses on this block face would have to face the same direction in order for them to do this. Um, if there are houses and in certain neighborhoods, they are sited where they face the opposite streets flip-flopping back and forth, that would, this would not be permitted. They would be considered a front yard for those properties, and they would have to do a, uh, what's required for front yards, which would be a four-foot open fence. An example of a cap, going to your question, uh, uh, Mr. Chair, the cap goes across the top. It uh, provides a finish to the fence. Um, essentially would not allow for dog ear style fencing. Most typical uh, vinyl fences will already have some type of cap similar to this. This would end up being more of a, a feature that would be required for anything that's made, that's uh, handmade by wood. So again, it's just the finish on top of the fence. And again, the current regulations do not require the fence to, the finished side of the fence to face out. So if you meet the current regulations, we have not, a, those, you can put the fence how you wish. If you plan to be closer to the property line in this situation, you would have to face the, the finished side out. Uh -huh. This also applies to shrubbery that serves as a fence, does it not? Currently right now, the zoning ordinance uh, does not apply these setbacks to shrubbery. It does apply to obstructions in a site triangle. Uh, anything that's in a site triangle that is a, that is causing an obstruction, the zoning ordinance does say that it cannot be there, and so shrubbery does uh, will be uh, removed in that fashion to to protect the site triangle. Unfortunately, this time it does not address um, vegetation okay. that's used as a, a fence. Mm -hmm. 
Um, with these revisions to the ordinance and with the safety concerns, staff does recommend approval of these changes. Thank you, Bobby. Uh, any questions, uh, Mr. Ha Mr. Tahan? Yeah, I've got one, uh, Bobby. Um, can your neighbor's site triangle impact your fence in your yard? Yes. So if, yes. if I've got to take his site triangle in account when I build my fence. That's correct. What happens is when, when staff will review, if you want to get closer to the property line on these sides adjacent to a street, the survey is required to locate uh, any adjacent driveways within 10 feet so that we can make, assure that there is no safety concern. Um, if they meet the requirements, what is, what is required of them to be a 10-foot setback, which is currently in place, that is not a concern because the site triangle is already, uh, um, already addressed with that setback. But to get closer, they would have to show us that it's not there. Next question is on the, I'll tell you which one, the, the corner lot. Yes, sir. Drawing. On the right side of the residence, if you're facing the front of the house, you, you can only put up a six-foot fence with 50% open on that side there. Yes, sir. What's the purpose of that, just so you, you can see inside to the, to the house? Well, what had previously happened, on a side yard adjacent to a street, uh, the zoning ordinance only permitted a four-foot open fence. The Board of Zoning Appeals in the late 80s, early 90s, was receiving a number of uh, requests for variances from the public to allow for a taller fence that would allow for people to keep their animals, larger animals, in. Um, staff came forward with a recommendation to change that requirement in these side yards adjacent to a street to raise the fence to a six foot but still be open to, to relieve any obstructions. So uh, typically in other localities, um, unlike ours that are already lotted out, when they create a corner lot, they're normally required to be much larger and both sides are considered front yards. Because of our lotting pattern, we have a bit of a restraint or constraint on our development. So we have to provide a different setback there. Bobby, how do we tackle enforcement on this? One at a time, sir. <laughs> now, um, staff uh, does regularly do, uh, when they do their regular inspections, they do see whenever a fence is installed. Corner lots and through lots are required to get a zoning certificate, which is approval prior to installation. If there is one that is being installed without a zoning certificate, staff does uh, flag it and give them a notice of violation to come in into compliance. It was through enforcement that um, we were energized to come up with these amendments. And fences that are already installed today that do not comply with this, they can remain as they are, or are they going to have to change them? There are some fences that would be considered grandfathered to the existing rules now. If they are sitting closer to the property line at this moment, they are currently grandfathered because there is nothing that allows them to be closer. Okay. So there are some fences that we do have in a holding pattern at this moment. Um, that will be required to comply with these requirements because they are they have been notified they are in violation Bobby looking through the text uh, the definition section For the site triangle. It looks like it still defines it as the property line rather than from the inside of the um, Sidewalk <clears throat> Am I reading that incorrectly? I do not have an updated one we did you I'm, I'm looking at the one that's on the packet yesterday. Has that been changed since? It was yes, sir. We, we updated, um, Adam and I updated to clarify the language to make it cleaner. It does, it does state, do you have the most recent Yeah, Bobby informed me yesterday, um, late yesterday, that, um, that this item would be presented and there were some 
revisions that we needed to do. So I worked with him earlier today um, on the revised exhibits that you have at, at your seats but didn't make it into the packet, as well as revising the language so that if there is a sidewalk, you're measuring from the sidewalk. If there's not a sidewalk, you're measuring from the edge of the pavement. Um, so we do have that in the, uh, in the draft ordinance that our office has prepared. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Thomas, there are, are three cases. And in the case of intersections, um, or of driveways that um, are coming out onto streets that have more than two lanes or have a speed limit of 30 miles an hour or higher, um, then we are measuring from property lines, not from um, sidewalk or edge of pavement. So that, that first paragraph is, that paragraph A is correct. Okay. Um, and that, that's the condition that is, in fact, measured from property line. The paragraphs B and C are measured from um, either the um, edge of pavement or the rear edge of the sidewalk, um, as the case may be. Why do we have two different rules? What, what changes based on the speed when you're backing out of a driveway? It's be based on the speed and the number of lanes. Um, the, the sight triangle becomes larger um, and um, so has is it, it's a more dangerous situation because things are approaching more quickly, um, and so therefore drivers need to have um, more advanced warning, both drivers that are um, in the travel lane of the road as well as those that are either backing out or, or pulling out onto um, the roadway. So if, if there's a sidewalk there, you're staying on those roads that, that have two lanes in each direction, you're, you're measuring from the street or the, the property line rather than the sidewalk? I just want to make sure I understand. And, and those in, almost any, in almost every case, the sidewalk is in the city's right-of-way. Okay. So you, if you're measuring from the property line, you're yeah. measuring either from the back of the sidewalk or, in some cases, a little further. Okay. Um, and if I in, recall correctly, those properties that are on either the higher speed streets or the wider streets are not eligible to put the fence into these yards. Okay. So, in other words, those properties are essentially status quo. We measure the site triangle the way it's always been measured, and we keep the fences where we've always kept them. Um, but on the lower speed roads and the one lane each way um, is where the availability comes up for these other uh, modified fences. Uh, and then one more question. On the um, sketch that you've done for the corner lot. Sure. Um, looking at the driveway, you've drawn in sight distance triangles in the front, and I just, again, I want to be sure I'm, I understand here. The fences that are allowed to be built in the front would never be fences that would have to be controlled by a sight distance triangle. Correct. Okay. So those are there, I guess, maybe for bushes? Yes. Okay. That is perfect. It's for any, anything that would be considered an obstruction that's not covered by the zoning ordinance. Okay. But for fences in the front yard, there would never be a site distance triangle based on what we're proposing. Correct. Now, and sometimes people may do mailboxes and other things like that that may end up in a position where it's not safe. So okay. we'd also impl implement it in that point. Okay. I understand. Thanks. We have any other questions of Mr. Tahan? Comment? I guess the bigger question would be, are we all clear? Yes, sir. You comfortable with that? Yes. 
clear as mud. No, I'm <laughs> That being the case, Mr. Newcomb. The, the uh, motion to recommend that the text amendment be approved. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Thank you. All right. Appreciate that, Bobby. Item number five is Concord S. East Ridge Incorporated for a change of zoning from C2 to conditional G1 uh, on property fronting 500 feet more or less along the eastern line of Monticello Avenue and 185 feet more or less along the northern line of 14th Street. Uh, also fronts and is bounded by 16th Street and by Armstead Avenue. The premise is numbered 1500 Monticello Avenue. In front of you is both the um, change of zoning and, and a uh, Granby uh, development certificate application. Thank you, Lenny. So this request by Concord Eastridge is for conditional rezoning from C2 to conditional G1, and we have the Granby development certificate uh, up here for you as well. Um, this is the site on your screen, currently the former HRT headquarters, um, the equivalent of two city blocks in this part of the corridor. To the uh, north, you have 16th Street, and to the south, 14th Street, Monticello to the west, Armistead to the east, and the proposal is for a mixed-use development, commercial, multifamily. So here's the site right now, currently C2. You can see everything to your west. On the other side of Monticello is G1 or conditional G1. So the proposal, the site is approximately 2.1 acres, and it is for a five-floor development with the first floor um, containing mainly 10,000 square feet of commercial, and then also they will have their residential amenities um, along Monticello as well. And then also for a, a parking deck to the south of the site for 365, 365 parking spaces and 46 bicycle parking spaces. Here's the site plan right here. Um, it is uh, a condition, a proffer of the, of the rezoning. So this is what will be attached to the ordinance. And here is a perspective that the developer has provided for us. And we're also looking at the elevations. Um, this one on the top of your screen is actually the Armistead elevation. And then below that is the Monticello elevation. And then um, in the left-hand corner would be the north. And in the right is the uh, 14th Street to the south. Some other perspectives for you. And I will go over, um, I'll leave it on this screen, and I'll go over some of the different uh, characteristics of the rezoning and development certificate. Um, the corridor that's located in G1, there's been a lot of uh, different changes there. It's definitely under transformation, mainly from automobile-dependent uses to a more mixed-use urban corridor. And um, the proffers, which I'll read in a second, is, is for the site plan to be... Um, for the, for the project to be in keeping with the site plan and for the elevations. And then the different, whenever we do a Granby development certificate, we have different criteria, different development standards that we measure the whole project by. And I'll just go over those seven standards. Um, so the first one is building placement, um, wanting that Monticello principal street to have the building is pulled up as close to it for as much of it as possible. And the requirement is for a 75% um, build to line and the developer is proposing 100% on Monticello, so that's good. 
um, the four area ratio, which is a ratio of the different, the total area of all the floors of the building um, is, is for 4.0 or less, and they are in keeping with that. We also have a lot coverage ratio that you cannot take up more than 80% of the lot itself, and they are in keeping with that with their courtyards. There is also an open space ratio, not just lot coverage, but open space, and that they have to provide at least 15% of that open space, um, or of that space that's not covered as usable open space, and, uh, and they are meeting that as well. And along Monticello, which is their principal street, we have what we call a fenestration requirement, asking for at least 50% of that ground floor facade to be transparent, and transparent meaning up to a depth inside the building of at least five feet, and they are meeting that requirement. Um, the next two requirements are actually waivable if, if the developer chooses, um, and that is for a, requ a required use of ground floor area, meaning we want active uses along that ground floor frontage of the building along Monticello, that principal street, and the requirement is for 65%, and the developer is actually proposing 82% for that, so that's a good thing. And um, the parking location access is also a development standard that's waivable, and the, um, and the proposal is to, provide, um, is to provide a standard that is in keeping with the ordinance, and they're not asking for actually any waivers at all. This will be the first um, G1 development that we've seen that has not asked for any waivers, so that's a good thing. And um, lastly, I said I'd read the proffers. I'll just go through real quick. The site shall be developed in accordance with the conceptual site plan attached here to and marked as Exhibit A, entitled Preliminary Con Conceptual Plan for the 1500 Monticello Avenue, dated May 30th, 2014, as prepared by their engineer and subject to any revisions that's made during the city's site plan review process. The site shall also be developed to reflect the general massing, materials, and design for the north south and west building elevations as depicted in the conceptual elevation plan, which is that slide I showed you right, yep, right there. Um, and that's uh, attached here to, provided by StreetSense Inc, uh, subject to any required revisions made again during the city site plan review process. And also that off street parking spaces shall be provided on the property at a ratio of not less than 1.5 per dwelling unit. So with that being said, we do have um, a letter in your packet from the Ghent Business Association that is in support of this project, and the Downtown Norfolk Civic League has also included a letter in your packet stating that they do not have any opposition to the request. Um, with that, staff does recommend approval of both requests, the rezoning and the Granby Development Certificate, and um, if there are any questions from staff regarding the rezoning or development certificate, I'll take that. Thanks, Matthew. Do we have any questions, commissioners, uh, Mr. Simons? All right. Um, the developer does have a brief presentation um, that he'd like to make. Is that Mr. Kong? Here to speak in favor of this application is the applicant, Mr. Che Kong. Chi Kong. Chi Kong. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming, sir. Go right ahead. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. My name is Chi Kong. I'm a representative of Concord Eastridge. Uh, for those who, um, who don't know, Concord Eastridge is a... Um, let's enter. Mr. Kong, if you could give us your mailing address for the record. Yes. Yes, I, I fill in the, uh, the form with the mailing address. Uh, if you would state your mailing address for our clerk oh. to oh, certainly. include in the record. It's 901 North Glebe Road. Suite 350, Arlington, Virginia, 22203. Um, 
The Concord Eastridge is a real estate development company with a focus on public-private partnerships with offices in Arlington, Virginia, and Scottsdale, uh, Arizona. Project covers a wide range, including mixed uses, uh, student housing, residential offers, retail, conference centers, and special purpose buildings. Uh, case in point, the uh, HRT uh, new facilities on 18th Street. And that's how we got involved in, uh, uh, in, in this parcel, in this uh, development of 1500 Monticello. Um, it started in uh, 2007 when uh, Concord Eastridge was uh, selected as the master developer who redeveloped HRT's existing facilities on 18th Street. And it's a two-phase project. Phase one is HRT's facilities, you know, a min building and um, uh, buses, operations, and dispatch, which is currently um, located on 18th Street. Phase two is 1500 Monticello. Um, as you know, HRT has consolidated all the operations on 18th Street, thereby freeing up the land. And uh, uh, since, uh, uh, you know, from 2009 to 2012, we designed, constructed, delivered the uh, new facilities, thereby freeing up 1500 Monticello. Um, towards the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, we began uh, the entitlement process, and uh, uh, which involves uh, negotiating, uh, well, get, drafting a contract for the sale and purchase of the land, and uh, including reaching out to uh, local development groups and, uh, and, and uh, dialogue with the city staff to uh, uh, figure out what is the best use for the land that would uh, benefit um, all, all the stakeholders. Um, this which takes us to today, we we're in the entitlement phase, and looking forward, once entire entitlement is uh, completed, we'll go through uh, the land purchase, and then if everything goes smoothly, We'll begin design development in fall of 2014. It will take us into 2015. And um, uh, subsequently, we'll apply for a building permit application. And then we'll start construction 2015 through uh, 2016. Um, during the entitlement process, we started a dialogue and uh, reached out to the local community groups. Uh, the list is, uh, as you can see on the slide here, and um, uh, the communication has been through email, telephone calls, and presentations, and uh, we receive feedback and try to incorporate their comments and inputs into our, our design and thought process. Uh, let me talk a, bit, uh, a little bit about uh, a thought process behind the project and how we conceptualized it. We're targeting the uh, demographic that are uh, millennials. Uh, these are uh, folks in their 20s to 35-year-olds. Uh, they include new college graduates and young couples. Um, they work, uh, they're professionals, um, work for government contractors, and folks who work for the military. We uh, anticipate drawing new residents from within the Hampton Roads area who are relocating, as well as uh, uh, new residents from outside the Hampton Roads area, including outside of the state. Um, programming for the project. Um, uh, it's, it's currently designed, we're proposing 207 units. It's a mix of studios, one bedrooms and two bedrooms. And uh, our target demographic is very tech savvy, so we'll have Wi-Fi throughout uh, the project. It'll include uh, an exercise room, common areas, uh, entertainment centers, uh, business, uh, business centers on the first, first level. There'll be three outdoor courtyards, including an outdoor swimming pool and a dog park. Parking will be uh, uh, allocated in a garage, a uh, limited number of surface lot and on-street public parking. Included in the program is uh, approximately 10,000 square feet of retail, 
um, and we're we're thinking at this point it's quick service restaurants and services that will uh, that, that fills the market need and that it's uh, users that a market can support. And um, we're thinking coffee and bagels, you know, quick quick bites, uh, wraps and sandwiches, pet grooming services, real estate offices. This is the first floor plan. Um, as, as you can see, Monticello Avenues on the, the top. And um, uh, just to, to give you a sense of how, how we laid out the, um, uh, the, the different spaces. The retails and the, at the corner of 16th and Monticello a Avenue because um, that is what we think will create a retail cluster. Chick the new Chick-fil-A's to the right. Um, this new project coming up, the element on, on the north, northeast, and of course 21st Street uh, further uh, up on the north um, top right-hand corner. Um, the lobby is aligned with the 15th Street um, a Vista. If you, could, if you can draw a line, axis, it cut through the, uh, the lobby. And uh, through the lobby, somebody, a resident entering the lobby will be able to see the courtyard and the swimming pool beyond a set of uh, glass doors. The parking is located to the south along 14th Street with uh, uh, entry and exits on, on Armistead Avenue so that uh, you have multiple exits as uh, cars come in and out and uh, it provides a lot of stacking uh, room as well. Um, in the middle courtyards where the swimming pool is located, the general purpose courtyard is um, to your right and then a dog park uh, sandwiched between the garage and residential units. Um, it's a small court you know, for a dog park and a kind of quiet park for, uh, for visual uh, interest. Um, um, along Monticello Avenue, as you can see, active users are located along Monticello Avenue. Retail and it wraps around 16th Street with setback along uh, for deeper setback Monticello and 16th Street for uh, create opportunities for outdoor seating. As you come around, go south of Monticello Avenue, the, uh, the exercise and common areas will be will face Monticello Avenue to activate the street. With um, and and then you have the parking garage, with uh, they'll be uh, treated with a a steel mesh on Monticello Avenue to create a sculptural element. On the upper levels. Uh, you can see it's like an inverted E that is extended from the uh, first floor plan. And on each floor, there'll be a mix of one bedrooms, two bedrooms, and, uh, um, and studio units that are spread throughout. The parking will be designed so that you can access each floor from the parking deck. So if groceries in the back of a car, drive up to the, uh, the, the, your level, and then you can walk directly into your floor. This is a, um, uh, a massing concept. It, uh, it shows you the, uh, the thought process behind treating the Monticello Avenue facade. So it wraps around 16th Street. You can see how the, uh, uh, the, 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 the faces, the facades, come in and out, create visual interest, and landscaping along Monticello Avenue and uh, 16th Street as well for, to create a variety and a visual interest for pedestrian walking, uh, walking down uh, Monticello Avenue. Here's a, a larger uh, and large elevation of the 15th Street Axis Vista. Um, 
uh, creating a, an architectural feature. So to signify this, this is the main entry to, to the apartment complex. And um, we try to use a variety of uh, a, a language, a, to, uh, a, a toolkit to, to make it an inter interesting process, create variety. Um, horizontal, uh, vertically, you see the patterning, the windows, and then uh, with color and texture, you got push and pull the facade to give, uh, provide interest and variety. On the bottom left is a view from the north. It shows you uh, more clearly how the retail component wraps around the 16th Street and is distinguished from the residential use above it with uh, different treatments in the facade and um, uh, uh, different uh, elevation uh, treatment. On the south side, um, where you see a perspective of the garage, it, uh, we treat it a little differently because it is a different use, a parking garage. How do you treat it nicely? So we, we thought that um, a steel mesh would create a, 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 a different, different look. So during the day, it's, it's kind of transparent, it's kind of lacy, and it's kind of light and airy. It's, uh, it's not quite obvious from here, but you, you can also make out at the, um, on each level there is a covered bike rack storage that also creates a, an opportunity for a sculptural uh, element. This, um, the middle, the west elevation shows you the entire facade. And the concept is as you move from right to left, you have the steel materials, and then you have the uh, garage stair tower separating garage use and the residential use, and the residential and active use uh, as you move nor northwards on Monticello Avenue. Uh, and the top elevation is the, um, uh, towards Armistead Avenue. You see the swimming pool and the courtyard in the middle. To the right is the dog park with the green wall on the side of the garage. And the, uh, the courtyard on the right side is a general purpose uh, courtyard. And, and uh, towards the extreme right, it's where uh, you see surface parking to serve the retail. The north elevation is uh, on the bottom left. And in the middle portion of first floor, or you see that uh, on the right-hand side, you have the, the retail wraparound. You have the loading dock area. And then you have the surface parking for to serve the retail users. And the, uh, uh, the bottom right elevation is the uh, south elevation. This uh, is a study that helps us um, uh, understand how, how we want to uh, uh, use that, the language of color and materials and, and, um, and texture to distinguish and create interest in the facade. So you move from garage on the right-hand side, the stair tower in the middle, and then the um, residential active use on the first floor. We, we try to use uh, you know, off-the-shelf um, uh, items, like standard-sized windows, um, by use them in a pattern to create um, uh, interest. The, um, if you look at the pictures on the right-hand side, the, the, one th uh, the one on the bottom left shows you what the, the screen mesh is going to look like. These are pictures taken of existing products, uh, it's existing projects. So the metal screen during the day will look lacy, open, kind of airy. But uh, in the evening when it's lit up, 
it, it glows and it kind of flows, so it creates a focal point, which we think is a very nice asset to, to the project. And the, the rest of the pictures shows you how, how with the same materials, different color and texture, you can create a lot of interest and, uh, um, and variety. Well, we're very excited about this project. We've been working on it since 2007. And um, it's been wonderful working with HRT and the city staff. We look forward to taking the next steps and moving this project forward. Well, we appreciate you coming, Mr. Kung. I think we're all excited about this project. A couple of questions, if you don't mind. Um, the HRT facility that you built mm -hmm. uh, and the one that you're proposing are two divergent projects. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm just curious as to what niche does your company really have? Are you in more of the specialized industrial work that you did for HRT, or are you in the more residential type work that this project involves? Well, the, uh, we do both. We like, uh, uh, we do complex projects mm -hmm. that, uh, that require staying power, mm -hmm. and uh, we're willing to roll up our sleeves and work with the stakeholders, mm -hmm. property owners and stakeholders in order to work out uh, you know, what they need for their, uh, uh, you know, for their uh, institutions or the agencies, and then we try opportunities to make sure that it works for, for everybody, mm -hmm. including uh, for us and our investors. Uh, how many on-site parking spaces will you have there, do you recall? Uh, we will have 344 spaces, not including 26 on-street public parking. Okay. okay, any other questions? Is this gonna be a wood frame building or a concrete building? It's gonna be a concrete podium with wood frame on top. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. We do want to acknowledge uh, also here in favor of this application, but does not wish to speak, Mr. Daniel Hassett. Thank you, sir. Any comments from commissioners? I can tell you from my perspective, Mr. Kung, I'm very pleased to see that this project looks like something that fits very, very neatly in what we're trying to accomplish along that corridor of our city. Uh, we appreciate you coming forward with this idea. I appreciate you coming forward with this idea, and I hope that you can be successful going forward. The uh, motions recommend that the change of zoning and the Granby Development Certificate be approved. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. We make that recommendation to council. Good luck. All right. Next item before us is number seven. This is the East Beach Marketplace for a special exception. Operated commercial drive-through and property fronting 847 feet more or less along the southern line of East Little Creek Road, 1,185 feet more or less along the northern line of Flower Field Road, and 454 feet along the western line of Shore Drive. Premises numbered 4231 East Little Creek Road. This is an out parcel of that shopping center. Thank you, Lenny. I do want to acknowledge uh, the applicant who is here but does not wish to speak, Melissa Dresden. Yes, ma'am. Mr. Chair, noting that there's no opposition, we've been thoroughly briefed. I call for the question. The uh, motion to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck.
Next application before you is number nine. It says Bobby Wood for a special exception operating an eating and drinking establishment on property fronting 41 feet more or less along the western line of Granby Street, beginning 30 feet more or less from the northern line of West Plume Street, and ex excuse me, extending northwardly premises numbered 143 through 145 Granby Street. Thank you, Lenny, and I note that we don't have any opposition, but I do want to acknowledge that the applicant is here to answer the question, Mr. Robert Huber. Yes. Do I need to get up there? Not unless you feel a burning desire to, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any question or comment from commissioners on this application? Mark? The, uh, no. Nope. The motion to recommend the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuellen? Aye. Mr. Hales? I'd like to welcome Mr. Huber back home again. Look forward yeah. to opening your restaurant. <laughs> My wife and I are big fans, so I can't wait to go. I say aye. I appreciate it. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Fraley? Welcome back, Mr. Huber. Thank you, sir. Wish you much success. Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. All right. Next application is uh, the Grilled Cheese Bistro, LLC, for a special exception operating and drinking establishment on property fronting 97 feet more or less along the western line of Granby Street and 165 feet more or less along the western, southern line of West Freemason. Premises number 345, Granby Street. And I acknowledge that we don't have any opposition to this application. Do want to acknowledge the presence of the applicant, Ms. Dina Taylor and Mr. Chris Striebling. Thank you. Lenny? All right. The uh, motion to recommend the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuellen? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Fraley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck. All right. Next application is Moe's Southwest, Southwest Grill for a special exception. Operating eating and drinking establishment on property funding 201 feet more or less along the eastern line of Granby Street, 612 feet more or less, along the southern line of East Little Creek Road, um, 608 feet more or less along the western line of Virginian Avenue, and 573 along the northern line of Louisiana. Premises numbered 7550, Granby Street, Suite 40. And I note that we have no opposition. Mr. Chair, noting that there's no opposition and we've been thoroughly briefed, I call for the question. The uh, motions recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Mr. Thomas? I want to say real quickly, this is uh, one of the perfect examples of a type of use that I think we could create. Um, a situation where maybe administratively they could be given a special exception or maybe zoning-wise not require one for this type of use so that, it, it's, you know, looking at this user, uh, it's not the type of business where you're going to go in and, and likely drink more than one drink. You have to get back in line and wait another 10 minutes. And, and, and they're not open late, and there's no entertainment. So I'll just maybe... Is that, is that from personal experience? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> But maybe something that this body and city council can talk about at our next joint meeting would be yeah. maybe revising our regulations for, for special exceptions in, in this manner. I vote aye. Yeah, we are going through a whole list of people here, many of which are probably not going to be an issue. So yeah. 
Your point's well taken. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Mr. Fraley. Aye. Thank you. Next application, the Lizard Cafe for a special exception to operate an eating and drinking establishment and property fronting 109 feet more or less along the southern line of East Main Street, 247 feet more or less along the western line of Martins Lane, premises numbered 109 East Main Street, Suite 150. And I note that we do have the applicant and another supporter here in uh, support of this application, neither of which wishes to speak. do want to acknowledge Mr. Michael Purcell and Ms. Sarah Pisco. Mr. Thank Chair, you. noting that there's no opposition and we've been thoroughly briefed, I call for the question. The uh, motions recommend the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman. Aye. Ms. McQuillan. Aye. Mr. Hales. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Echo my prior comments, yes. <laughs> uh, and Mr. Fraley. Dillo Martin's prior comments for me as well, aye. All right. Uh, we now move to number 13, the uh, Norfolk Tap Room for a special exception operating entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages on premises numbered 42 on property fronting 42 feet more or less along the western line of Granby Street and 100 feet more or less along the northern line of West Main Street, premises numbered 101 Granby Street. And I note that we have no opposition. Mr. Chair, seeing as we have no opposition and we've been thoroughly briefed, I call for the question. Motions to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman. Aye. Ms. McQuillan. Aye. Mr. Hales. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Yes. Mr. Fraley. Aye. All right. Next application uh, is Poncho and Luigi. Lu Lu <laughs> Luigi. 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 Excuse me. I thought he was breathing. Had to say that. I've got soccer on my mind. What can I tell you? For a special exception, I operate an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages on property fronting 125 feet, more or less, along the eastern line of Collie Avenue and 185 feet, more or less, on the southern line of West 41st Street property, also fronts 100 feet, along the western line of Mayflower Road, premises numbered 4012 Collie Avenue. And uh, I acknowledge uh, the applicant here does not wish to speak, Mr. Ramirez. I and believe we probably need to do a presentation. Yes, I, I was going to say. want to discuss their hours. No, we don't. Oh, they don't? Oh, all right, I'm sorry. We're good. My apologies. And a Ms. Sarah Cobb. I'm representing Pardon me, ma'am? I'm with the company DW Boyd across the street. Okay, and you are against this application. <laughs> okay, do we want to have a presentation? Matthew, go right ahead. Sure thing. Okay, so this application by Poncho and Luigi's is a request for an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages. The site is located um, the most southernmost portion of the Highland Park neighborhood, uh, right beside the Riverview Colonial Place neighborhood to the east, the corner of Collie and West 41st Street. Um, and the, what was for a short period of time, the Phoenix was the last establishment at that location. The um, North Collie Corridor is primarily a mix of different commercial uses, some residential uses, some industrial uses, and the proposal is to um, use this establishment just like the last one as an entertainment establishment. The um, hours, I'll go over them. Um, 
the proposal is for 11 a.m. to 2 a.m., seven days a week for hours of operation and hours for entertainment and alcohol um, indoors. The, um, the, the applicant did meet with the Civic League, and um, they, the Civic League has put a letter in front of you asking for conditional hours for the outdoor use, and the applicant has agreed to that, and those hours being 11 a.m. to midnight, Sunday through Thursday, for um, the outdoor use, and then until 2 a.m. Friday and Saturday for that outdoor use. And that is in keeping with the request from the um, neighborhood. The seating, 132 seats indoors, 36 seats outdoors, and a total capacity of 214. The entertainment options are for a five-member live band, six-member mariachi uh, acoustic band to be rotating throughout, fashion shows, karaoke, comedian, and poetry reading which are the three that um, we give any uh, entertainment establishment. The, um, the, application, uh, the applicant is uh, proposing a substantial um, site plan. That's a part of the conditions. Uh, substantial in terms of uh, a lot, much more improvements than what we saw with the last applicant. Since the Phoenix opened, the um, Central Hampton Boulevard area plan was adopted as an addendum to our plan Norfolk 2030. So lots of, uh, lots of good um, recommendations in there for what we expect to see along this Collie Avenue corridor. So the applicant has agreed to meeting all of the different recommendations of the Central Hampton Boulevard plan and that is incorporated in this conceptual site plan that is a part of the conditions of this application. Um, that includes the landscaping along 41st Street and along the, um, the sidewalk's edge on Collie Avenue and removing two curb cuts um, and putting back in grass and, and a verge on Collie Avenue and a street tree. And that's that plan in front of you. There's also a few more improvements that I think you saw on your field trip, and those are all in the plan too. So with that, um, I did mention the Highland Park letter of, of support, and um, the applicant is here if you have any questions. Thank you, Matthew. Any questions of Matthew, commissioners? Staff does recommend approval. Uh, the applicant is here. Uh, you, you are in full compliance in terms of the recommendations from the Civic League about amplification and no service after, after midnight. Come to the podium, sir, if you don't mind. my USA. That's quite all right. If I weren't sitting here, I'd be looking like you. Uh, yes, give sir. us your name and, and uh, mail and address, if you would, sir. My name's Ernesto Alonzo. Uh, mail and address is uh, 621 West 26th Street, Norfolk. And you are in full compliance in terms of your operations adhering to what the Civic League had requested? 100%. Okay. Comment? Questions? Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, Ms. Cobb, we'd certainly like to get you at this podium so you can tell us why your boss is against it. <laughs> I apologize. Can you see that? Quite um, all right. Give us your name and mail and address, if you would. Sarah Cobb, uh, the office, 4003 Collie Avenue, Norfolk, Virginia, 23508. Okay. You're against it. Uh, your boss is against it. Well, mostly this is my first time, so it would be more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, parking and uh, need for security because we run a we run a um, government contracting office. We work on um, habit habitability on naval ships, 
and our hours are from 7 a.m. to 4.30, but we have a 24-hour tech, and sometimes I have to go in and go, like, take care of paperwork if there's an emergency and someone's getting, they're getting ready to leave for deployment. So it's more questions on people being outside and just someone interfering with a, if there is a drunk person, I'm not saying, but, I mean, interfering with the company trying to, you know, get to the base and load up equipment and so on and so forth. How long have you operated there? Mr. Boyd has been there for, since 1989, so 28 years. Did you have those problems with the previous operators of this site? There is a bullet hole still in the bathroom from, I don't know what year, but it was several years back when there was a bar across the street. And that's the only concern, that one bullet hole? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what I w he told me to talk about. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and, and do you know whether or not your operations have been impaired at all as a result of prior operators at this, at this particular location? No, sir. Mm -hmm. All right. Any questions, commissioners? Thank, Thank you. you. Unless you have something more to add. No, sir. All right. I will point out that um, with the curb cut being removed on Collie Avenue, um, that does allow for one additional on-street parking space that will be returned where there possibly two, but at least one um, that would be available to anyone to use its on-street parking. Mm -hmm. Well, as all operators of these types of uh, operations, Ms. Cobb, they're under constant scrutiny. If we do have circumstances which uh, end up in activities which are not consistent with the environment we want to try to maintain, uh, be assured that appropriate action will be taken. Uh, and we ask if you have any of those concerns to bring those to the attention of the planning staff and uh, we'll act appropriately. And you can pass it along to your, uh, to your boss. Thank you. Uh, Lenny? The uh, motions recommend that the special exception with the hours as noted at the hearing be approved subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Fraley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck. We now move to the uh, application number 15, Leontes, for a special exception to operate an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages in a building measuring 588 feet more or less along, more or less in width, 288 feet in depth, and located in the Janif Shopping Center. This is uh, premises number 5802 East Virginia Beach Boulevard, Suite 140. Thank you, Krishan. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, the application before you is for Leontes at 5802 East Virginia Beach Boulevard, Suite 140 in the Janif Shopping Center. Um, it is a site previously occupied by the Wasabi's Evening Drinking Establishment. Um, it is within the Janif Shopping Yard, so it is surrounded by a mix of commercial uses. Um, and the proposal uh, before you is for an entertainment establishment uh, by special exception in a C3 zoning district. Uh, what's before you, the hours of operation, what's listed is the prior um, operator, Wasabi, again, was eating and drinking establishment, uh, the list of hours there, um, and how they operated is detailed before you. Uh, the proposal uh, before you, the hours of operations for Leontes will be 8 a.m. until uh, 2 o'clock a.m. seven days a week. Um, hours for the sale of alcoholic beverages, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. seven days a week. Uh, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. seven days a week for hours uh, for entertainment also. 
um, with a seating capacity of 196 seats indoors for a total capacity of 240 and a wide array of entertainment options, including cultural dance, um, five-member band, DJ with a dance floor, uh, fashion shows, performance dance, karaoke, poetry, uh, readings, and uh, comedians. Um, and given the sensitivity of the area, we've had two previous entertainment establishments uh, that have opened up that are of this scale with the type of uh, entertainment options that have been listed that the applicant is requesting. Um, we have requested, and the applicant has agreed to an 18-month um, special exception. After that 18 months, the applicant would have to come down and renew that special exception, and that gives us the opportunity to analyze any um, safety concerns or anything of that nature that may arise within those 18 months. Um, uh, staff does recommend approval of this special exception. Um, the Lake Taylor Civic League has sent down a letter um, in support of the special exception, and the applicant is here with any questions that you may have. With that, I'll stand uh, for any questions. Thank you, Krishan. Any questions, Commissioner? Thank you, Krishan. Any questions, Commissioners, from uh, Krishan? Thank you, Krishan. Uh, I do want to note that the applicant is here, does not wish to speak. Uh, I'd like to ask the applicant, Ms. Watnola, if she would mind coming to the podium just to respond to a few inquiries from yours truly. Stephanie, uh, name and address, please. Stephanie Wadnola, 3305 Georgie Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Good to see you again. Thank you for coming. Sure. Um, I, I'm glad that you've agreed to consider this 18-month trial period. Mm -hmm. I think uh, our concerns have to do with the history at, at the Janif area. Before you, we haven't had this type of a use and what we call the original Janice shopping yard, if you will. Uh, we want to be very, very sensitive that uh, we don't disrupt this major commercial corridor mm -hmm. uh, for our city uh, and at the same time provide an opportunity for you to be successful in this endeavor. So I just wanted to uh, express my appreciation and thanks to you for agreeing to the staff recommendation of this trial. Um, and yeah, it's definitely not a problem. Um, I've definitely learned my lesson dealing with other establishments that I've had. And mm -hmm. like when I went to the Lake Taylor Civic League, mm -hmm. they were totally against me mm -hmm. until I went in and I told them, you know, we're not going to be open 8 a.m. to 2 a.m. seven days a week. Mm -hmm. I'm not a machine. I can't work like that. Mm -hmm. So I explained to them, you know, the hours. If somebody wants to do a baby shower on a Sunday at 9 a.m. to 2, I have to fit within the rim of the ordinance. Mm -hmm. As far as at night, I have the best security company money can buy. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's going to be more of my clientele. It's more of that area of keeping out certain individuals that it's just not going to be tolerated. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I didn't deal with it at Sassy's and I'm not going to deal with it over there either. Mm -hmm. I just I'm getting too old for that. <laughs> Commissioners, any question or comment? Wish you luck. Yeah, luck. Thanks. <laughs> it should be good. It's a centrally located mm -hmm. area for the customer base for Chesapeake, Virginia Beach, Suffolk, mm -hmm. which is mainly why I picked it. I love downtown Norfolk, but a lot of my customers don't like driving down here. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to centrally locate our state, but still stay in the city. Mm -hmm. So hopefully it'll work out. It will work out. It better work out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 a lot of money going over there. It better work out. <laughs> 
Good deal. Thank you, Ms. Wetnolan. You're welcome. To you. And uh, we have no opposition, Mr. Vice Chair. Seeing as we have no opposition and we've been thoroughly briefed, I call for the question. The uh, motion to recommend the special exception be approved subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman. Aye. Ms. McQuillan. Good luck to you. Aye. Thank you. Mr. Hales. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Yes. Mr. Freely. Aye. We wish you luck and uh, we'll make that recommendation to council. Thank you. Uh, with that, Mr. Melito, unless you have something on your desk you need to apprise us of. Um, there were a few items left on the regular agenda. Mr. Homer, do we need to hit anything that we didn't finish on the 10th floor? Um, <clears throat> Mr. Chairman, I, you know, under, under director's comments, all I wanted to do is bring you up to date on, on where council is with respect to y'all's recommendations. Um, in the regular session. Um, I, I, this, this isn't going to take more than a, a very few minutes. Um, the, um, the I think council's now completely caught up with um, your recommendations and has um, acted on everything um, that you have sent to them um, at this point. Um, most recently, of course, was um, Talbot Hall, and um, that uh, was recommended for, or that was approved um, as you had recommended. Um, all of the other items um, have been um, have, have gone exactly the way you've recommended. So. Um, with respect to future action items, um, Jeff unfortunately is is not here. But um, we notice that there are still a few items on the the rainbow chart that do not have um, champions from um, the commission. Mm. And of course, I, I suspect that that was your your leaving uh, Ms. Austin some items to uh, to become champion <laughs> of. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm sure she appreciates your kindness in doing that. But um, if you get a chance to look at it and there's something you're particularly interested in, um, let us know. Um, we are finding that it's very helpful to have you, it's, it's helpful to us and hopefully it will be helpful to you all um, that your, um, your involvement early on in the process. Um, so, um, George, can you send us an updated rainbow chart so we know which ones have, have, have an assignment? Yeah, yeah, we, I think we've got it in the Dropbox. Okay. It's been, it, we've been trying to keep it in the Dropbox. Okay. I think the, the one that we distributed two weeks ago is, right. is in Dropbox. Um, but I'll check on that and make okay. sure it is. Um, other than that, Mr. Chairman, I did not have anything else. Lenny, did you? The uh, downtown flood map. Oh, yeah. Um, we received notification from FEMA um, about the downtown flood map. Mm. Um, we received notification. We did not received the map, which <laughs> Bobby and Lenny are trying to track down and figure out um, what's going on with that. But um, the um, we, we are now actually on a ticking clock to have the downtown flood map um, reviewed and approved. You will have to, uh, this is something that is going to come to you all because we will have to amend uh, the floodplain ordinance in the zoning ordinance. Um, to reflect, um, to incorporate that map, um, and we're going to have to add a new um, flood zone um, to our map. Actually, I think we don't have to do it for the downtown map because I think we took care of adding that, but the coastal maps, which we haven't gotten yet, although we expected them last week, the coastal maps we now know are going to add a zone that we didn't anticipate, um, so we're going to have to add that um, zone into um, the floodplain ordinance. 
Um, so you're, this is something that's going to be coming your way, um, and there will be a time. There is a time limit, um, uh, which the the city has to act. Uh, so as soon as we get it all, we'll uh, we'll send it. it we'll get it to you. We'll um, schedule an item on one of your uh, informal meetings to go over it in great detail, um, and then we'll get it on to a future agenda. We will have some public outreach requirements on both of these to property owners in the areas directly affected. And uh, we'll certainly, as we start to schedule those, we'll make them aware of, make you aware of them. Thank you, George. Uh, yes, okay. ma'am. Along Go ahead. those lines, um, I'm sorry, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mm -hmm. um, is there anybody from the planning staff planning on attending the Monday meeting with Senator Kane at ODU um, and several other folks from the congressional delegation dealing with flood flooding, current flooding from 9 to 12? We are aware of this meeting. Um, I believe it's the invitation has come through the city. We've all been sent a copy of it. I'm not sure who's representing the city, but there will be representation there. But from planning, not necessarily. I, I, I won't be there. Um, I'm otherwise committed. Yeah, the city has a flood awareness committee, which is directly under the management of Assistant City Manager Ron Williams and um, um, John Kiefer in Public Works. Uh, it includes the city's information sector. It includes um, our emergency management um, director. It includes Bobby and myself and, and quite a few other people. Uh, this is the group that created the flood page that you find on the Norfolk.gov, and um, there will be representation there. Andrew, do you plan on attending? I'm, I'm going from 9 to 11. I can't be there the entire time. Okay. You can report back to us. Yeah. If we went, it would be like this. Money, money, money. I'll make sure. More money. Money. <laughs> there are answers. I'm, it I'm just takes money. Look, okay, that is George. If we have any comments from commissioners, I did have one. Uh, first of all, let me thank and uh, Andrea for taking the message back to uh, the sign folks last month. I trust they accepted your explanation. Yes. Good. I appreciate that. Have we had any action yet, George, on the zoning uh, updates um, with the new, then we hire a contractor or something? That <laughs> yeah, I, I, I apologize. I've been spending an awful lot of time looking at my BlackBerry because we have the contract and um, I'm, we've been trying, between Adam and I, we've been trying to walk it around this building today to get all the necessary signatures on it um, to make sure it gets executed in the current fiscal year. Um, and you got a few days yet, Joe. So, so we're, well, we have a few days, except for some of the critical people who need to sign off on it won't be here next week. Okay. So yeah. it's, it's a, a very short window. Yeah. Um, so we're, we hope to be under contract uh, by the end of the week. Okay. Good deal. Any comments? Any other comments from commissioners? I'd like to request um, the next or next mid-month meeting. Can we get a briefing, or we get a briefing on how we are with those houses that Krishan worked on, the that are in smaller lots and they're going through the design review, just to see how they're progressing along through. I'm, we we talked about following those. Six houses oh yeah. The entire mm -hmm. process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Commissioner Hales, I can give you some more insight on that. Currently, right now, they still have to go through site plan approvals. And they uh, just submitted, they, that's one, and they still haven't submitted for site plan, even for a preliminary 
for uh, the lot in question that went through the rezoning. Um, as far as review of the designs, they are still uh, working with Ron Moore to work out the designs there. Um, the plans that were submitted at Planning Commission, for example, showed um, carriage houses. Mm -hmm. Zoning would not allow a carriage house. Um, and also the drive aisle that was presented, uh, the drive aisle was too narrow. So again, a lot of that will be fleshed out at site plan, but it, there will be minor tweaks to the designs but I will be happy to bring them is, 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 is the designs coming along? Are they, are they, 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 he's still working with uh, Ron Moore with those. They're coming along, they're working with uh, Greg Freck, who's the contractor, the designer of those houses. But as, as far as I know, they're still working with Ron. On yeah, Greg things. is an architect from Virginia Beach. He's actually very good mm -hmm. and has done an awful lot of beach uh, properties. Okay. So we expect to be able to bring him to our point of view. Good luck. We'll do that. I'd like to see Ron come to our next meeting and just give us, even if it's a five-minute, sure. all we've done so far, but just, just to see the process. I okay. agree. And see how the design's evolving. I guess yeah. what I'm, and, of course, when we get the final design. Like, well, there's, uh, there's a lot of interest in your part as well as the East Asian View Civic League, and I think we're compelled to keep both parties uh, informed as we go through this because everybody put their faith in the process, right. yeah. and that's only going to be workable as long as it, it meets everybody's requirements. And I get so. to see the president who serves specifically quite a bit. So, Well, we've been hearing, I think, <laughs> actually, <laughs> we had an email from Mr. Green asking where it was, and we told him we didn't have any finished products yet, but that we were in, in uh, discussions with him. Well, it's probably good if we could get an update. That would be fine. At least Matt is up to speed and doesn't get caught with his pants down, as they say. <laughs> Will do. All right. All right. Thank you, Krishan. Uh, do we have any other comments from commissioners? I'll echo my prior comment. I don't know if we have a scheduled joint meeting with council, but I think top of my list would be the special exceptions and whether we can get some authority to revise them and get that meeting. Yeah, you know, it would be probably good on our part to, I'm sitting here calling the roll. Um, it was fairly redundant. Right. And most of these, you know, if we can come up with some standards that say this point you do this, above that you do something else. Um, and if we can get that into some language that my friend across the, the, uh, the my seating can handle. Yeah, we can. I'm we, sure. I'm sure he can handle. We, we can manage the language. Yes. It's just, and and it may not. It may be something to discuss with council. It may not be something that you'll find there's any resistance on, or not much resistance on at council. But I know there are also um, there are also some. You know, the public safety staff and the public safety personnel still have some reasons for wanting to continue to do things the way we've been doing them for a long time and come as far as we've come um, over that time. So um, maybe there's a way for them to maybe be a part of that meeting with them. discussion as well. Mm -hmm. you're, not, you're not suggesting getting rid of the special exception more than you have to go to the oh. body. It could be administratively done. There are a number of different ways to do it. That's one option. So you could you could still pull it mm -hmm. if you had to mm -hmm. issues, but you just wouldn't have to come through. Just get the process. We'll have a good mm -hmm. process. Uh, it's a smart processing issue, really. Pending Adam's insight. Yeah, that's certainly one of the options. <laughs> <laughs> Let him work that out. <laughs> I do want to state for the record uh, that our vice chairman is happy that the Monticello Avenue project does have a swimming pool. <laughs> Any update on our new member? From I haven't gotten in. I've reached out to our new member, and uh, she 
was appointed right at the time she went off on vacation. an extended vacation. Right. Um, it's our understanding she'll be back sometime that first full week in July. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and mm -hmm. um, so hopefully we will be, she will join us at our, our meeting on the 10th of July. Right. Okay. That's great. Any other comment? We stand adjourned. Good job.